Amen. I, uh, I know that whenever I was praying, <clears throat> that most probably people opened up their eyes and looked around, right? Because I made the words and I, I made the statement and I said that uh, we were at capacity. See, I got the chuckles. Uh, you know, I, I want you to understand, you know, we are at capacity because the Holy Spirit is filled in this place. So this place is full of the Holy Spirit. So we are at capacity. But trust me, the Holy Spirit will allow someone to sit where he's sitting. So we can still have other people to come. Now, this morning, I, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to start with some questions. And you can respond if you want to. You don't have to respond, but you can. Okay, how many of you have ever looked into your refrigerator or went, grabbed the milk out of your refrigerator and smelt it to see if it was still good? How many of you have drunk the milk after the expiration date? You do realize that the expiration dates are there for a reason, right? How many of you have listened or have heard the study that a Twinkie will never expire? A Twinkie will never expire. They have actually done a test with a Hershey's bar. A Hershey bar sitting out in the sun on a fence will last for up to 25 years and still be good to eat. How many of you have ever seen Jolly Ranchers on the, floor, on the ground? You've seen those Jolly Ranchers? Have you seen them on the ground? They're the only thing that I have seen that an ant will not go to. <laughs> but they have an expiration date. We all have an expiration date. There is an expiration date. I'm going to take you to a familiar story and a familiar passage of Scripture to show you and to talk to you about the expiration date. But there are three things that I want us to see within this expiration date uh, you know, for you. So as you go, I have the passage of Scripture on the screen for you. We are going to be looking at Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. And then we're going to look through, you know, through 5 through 8 for this morning's message. So go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 6 and begin there with verse 3. Now, I have became fascinated with numbers uh, whenever I looked into this. So I will give you some numbers today, but I don't want us to get lost or to get caught up in the numbers. Okay. The key to this passage of Scripture is not in the numbers, although the numbers are really interesting to me, so I'm going to give them to you. If they're not interested to you, that's okay. You can nod off for a couple of seconds or so. Uh, you know, so we're going to go with this. So whenever we look at this in verse 3, it says, Then the Lord said, 
My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. I'll give you this. For they are only mortal flesh, and the future, or in the future, their moral lifespan will be no more than 120 years. So we look at this, and it gives us this date, right? It gives us this number, 120 years. Before we get into that 120 years, this particular time where the flood occurs is 1,600, approximately 1,656 years from the birth of Seth. Now that is, uh, you know, Adam's youngest son. So we're 1,000, approximately 1,656 years from that time that we have the flood. That tells us that Adam passed away 126 years before Adam, before Noah's birth. Noah lived to be 600, no, wait a minute, he was, he was, he was, 600 years old whenever the flood came. He lived to be 900 and some odd years old. So you see these dates. I'm giving you these dates just simply because I think I feel that they're really interesting for us. Adam lived his life, and then Adam was gone, and man's sin and man's behavior had become so corrupt. That in verse 5, it tells us that every single thought, every single thought that they had was evil. But Noah was found to be righteous. Now, whenever it says that Noah was found to be righteous, there again, I don't want you to get caught up in this. It does not mean that Noah was perfect. It means that Noah's heart was wholeheartedly, or he was wholeheartedly looking towards God or looking to God for all of his things. So God was his provider. God was his protector. God provided everything for Noah. Now let's go back to this 120 years. There are different thoughts in the 120 years. Some believe that it is 120 years and then man will die. Don't believe that to be so. Because after the flood, humans still remain or continue to live to be five and 600 years of age. And I know that if God says something, that it's going to happen, right? That if God says, I am going to limit man to 120 years, that at the age of 120 years, they're going to drop dead. And that's not what happens. Peter in chapter in 2 Peter chapter 3, it talks about God's days being a th- like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. But then it goes in and it talks about the fact that we just simply need to be ready. We don't know when our end time is coming, but we need to be ready. But there's a specific reason why there's 120 years here. I want you to go and I want to take you into another train of thought is, is that God said that man would have 120 years before he would destroy them. 
It doesn't jive with Noah's age and with the children and with the birth of Noah's children, though, right? I'm scanning, looking for heads bobbing up and down. It doesn't. There's no time frame that tells us when God made this statement. But I want you to understand, and I need you to grab a hold of this one here as well. God will not make a statement as in, I am going to give them 120 years to repent. And if they don't repent within 120 years, I'm going to wipe them off the face of the earth and nobody hear it. Do you get it? This was not something that God just simply spoke to himself and said within his spirit. Man, human beings have simply became so evil that every thought that they have is evil. So I'm going to wipe them off the face of the earth. I'm sorry that I created them. I'm just going to get rid of them. He will not say that to himself. That would be like him coming to us and convicting us without us not knowing that he convicted us. You got it? So I want to go and I want you to grab a hold of this because if, if he said there's 120 years before I'm going to destroy them, Noah knew 120 years prior to that God was going to destroy them because Noah was the only one that was found righteous. He was the only one that was going to be on the ark with his wife, his sons, and his sons' wives. Now, there should be an amen or, oh my goodness, I didn't know that right there. Because whenever we look at this, Adam's youngest son, or middle son, I'm sorry, Adam's middle, or I'm sorry, let's go back. Noah's middle son was 96 years of age prior to the flood. Because after the flood... It said two years later, he celebrated his 100th birthday. I'm sorry, that would be 98 years, wouldn't it? 98 years. That's his middle child. If we go with the fact that his oldest child and his middle child were two years apart, then his youngest child, Ham, then that means that Ham would have been 96 years in age before the flood. It still doesn't match up to 120. Look at me. Look up from your passages of Scripture for a second. That tells us that Noah knew about the flood 22 years before his first son was born. But yet God told him that your wife, your son's, and your son's wives will be on the ark. Woo! What faith! What faith he had! 22 years before he had his first son, he says, I am going to destroy this earth, but you and your family will be saved. I need you to begin to gather up all the animals. The priest would say, Seven of all the unclean animals and two of the clean animals. Scripture tells us that it was two of all the animals. And then mixed within the story, the priest will chime in on this and say that there were seven of the unclean animals that was in there. 
Do I have that wrong? The extra animals were there. It would be the clean animals. The extra animals that were there were for the sacrifices. So it would be the clean animals that there were seven of for the sacrifices. So whenever we go in and we, and we see this, I want you to grab a hold. I want you to see God's love. And I want you to see God's mercy. But I also want you to see God's justice. Because in God giving these days and giving these times, whenever we look at this, we can go in and we can see in Jonah chapter 1 verse 2. In Jonah chapter 1 verse 2, it comes in and it says, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people were. God has mercy on us, even in the times that we do not deserve God, even in the moments of our wickedness, God still is there loving us and providing for us, and His mercy is poured out on us. He gave those people 120 years to repent. 120 years that Noah was working on the ark. 120 years that Noah was talking about the promise that God had made that he is going to destroy this earth. Uh, you know that he is going to you know that rain is going to come. He built an ark. He built a boat where there was no land. He was talking about something that they had never seen before. He was God's witness. In those 120 years, God gives us the opportunity to turn and to change and to look to God for His guidance and to look to God for His protection, to repent from our sins. He gives us that opportunity. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 17 says, Son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman for Israel. Whenever you receive a message from me, warn, warn people immediately. If you warn the wicked, saying you are under the penalty of death, but they, fall, but they fail to deliver, I'm sorry, but you fail to deliver the warning, they will die in their sins. And the rest of it goes on and says that the judgment will be upon you. Man. Do you understand this? Let me break it down a little bit more for you. Whenever we look into these particular passages of Scripture and we see this time of 120 years, I want us to grab a hold of this because this 120 years that he's talking about is a spiritual movement today. God gave those people 120 years to repent. 
Jesus Christ, or, or let's go back up and let's go to John the Baptist, comes on to the scene. And John the Baptist, his message was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Turn from your sins because the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus comes in and Jesus' ministry starts. And Jesus' message was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is coming. Repent from your sins. Turn from your ways. And then we look in Matthew. Man, I'm flying through this. I hope y'all are getting this. We look at Matthew chapters, chapter 23, verses 37 and 38. And Jesus is going to tell us this. He says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills its prophets and stones God's messengers. How often have I wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings but you would not but you wouldn't let me and now look your house is abandoned and desolate I want you to see this Jesus Christ is talking to the Jewish nation he's talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees And he says, look, your house is abandoned. It's desolate. At that point in time, the Holy Spirit left the temple. God was no longer with the Israelites, with the Jewish nation. Their house that they so-called praise that was God's house, that they came to worship Him, He left. I want you to see this this morning. As we walk and as we live this life, the Holy Spirit draws everyone unto God. The Holy Spirit moves on every single life and every single person that was ever born. But it is their choice and their opportunity to follow into that calling, to be drawn into Jesus Christ and to receive Him as their Lord and Savior. And if we look at this in the 120 years before the destruction of mankind with Noah in the flood and Jesus telling us that the Holy Spirit has been removed from the house of God, we get this understanding that the drawing of the Holy Spirit will only be in our lives for so long. And it's at some point in time, the Holy Spirit will stop drawing people unto Him. Now, it's not 120 years because we don't live to be 120 years of age now. What we have and what we see is that God gives us every opportunity to turn to Him. His Holy Spirit will draw us and will draw us and will draw us. But there will only be a certain amount of time that we will be able to reject the Holy Spirit and it continue to draw. 
I don't know when. Doesn't give us a number of years. It's one of the things that I love about the Church of the Nazarene. Because it just simply says, you need to be ready today. Today is that day. Today we have the drawing of the Holy Spirit. Today is the day that we respond to the Holy Spirit. If we don't respond to the Holy Spirit today, that does not mean that He'll be back tomorrow. It's today that we return to that. Oh, but wait a minute, Pastor. How was that loving and how was that merciful? How long has He been drawing you? How many times have you felt the Spirit of God move in your life? His love and mercy comes about for whenever we sin, that He didn't wipe us off the face of the earth. He gave us the opportunity. I'm sorry. Whenever I was making these slides, they were, oh, they are pretty right back here. So y'all can read those. I can't read those. Verse 5. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become, had become on the earth, and that, that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. You get those words? The Lord gathered that he or grieved that he had made human beings on earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the flood was not out of anger. The flood was out of anguish and was out of deep sorrow. Deep sorrow because the people had turned so far away from Him. If you want to go on the literal years as far as the genealogy of Adam, it only took 1,650 years for them to get this bad. Now to help you out and to give you some other numbers, 200 years after the flood, we had the Tower of Babel. And what was man trying to do with the Tower of Babel? They were trying to build a tower tall enough and high enough so that they could become like God. Wickedness. It's not a time frame. It's a thought process. And it's our inability to be able to be righteous without God. To be able to live a right life without the Holy Spirit living within us. His love and His mercy is, 
is that he gave us his only begotten son that died on the cross so that we could have a right relationship with him. So that we would be able to be seen and to have a righteous life. So that whenever we die, that God would be able to receive us into his kingdom. And that we would live with him for eternity in heaven. And that his Holy Spirit draws and drives each and every one of us unto him. That is his love and his mercy. But because he is a holy God, he is also a just God. That if he says that the penalty for sin is death and you die in sin, you die. And you live eternity in hell. Not with him. You're not going to be prayed out of purgatory. It's over with. It's here on this earth that we are able to be drawn by the Holy Spirit. It is only through His love and through His mercy that we have that ability. So this morning... I'm 15 minutes early. Praise the Lord. This morning, whenever we look at this, I want you to understand that our days on this earth is numbered as far as how long we're going to live. But the days on this earth, as far as us being drawn by the Holy Spirit, it's numbered. And we need to respond to the Holy Spirit today. Today, not tomorrow. Today. But then I also want to leave you with some encouragement. Because we, I talked about it. We had Noah that lived on this earth for 120 years before the flood. He heard the message from God. He lived a righteous life, and he, his wife, his sons, and their wives were the only ones on the ark. For 120 years, he lived as the light of God in a dark and dying world. We are living on a dark and dying world. We have to be like Noah. We have to be the light of this world that we shine the light to Jesus Christ so that the ones around us will not perish, so that the ones around us will receive the drawing of the Holy Spirit and ask for forgiveness and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in their lives. We have to be just like Noah on this earth today to be His light and His feet because we don't want to see a single person lost. We don't want it to be like Noah, that only him and his sons and their wives were the only ones on the ark. We want to have a lot of people that's going to heaven with us. I don't want to be standing by somebody that I have to grab their hand as I'm exiting this earth and flying up to heaven and say either repent from your sins now or I'll drop you. I'm not going to do that. 
Today is the day of repentance. But if you've already repented and you've already received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to be Noah. You need to be Noah to the people that's around you. Because he is asking you to do something that this world doesn't understand. He asked Noah to build a boat. Didn't need one out there in the middle of the desert. Why do I need a boat? Especially that big. Oh, it's going to rain. Never seen rain. What is it? Don't understand rain. It's going to rain. It's going to flood the earth. You're not going to be able to swim. The only way that you're going to be able to survive is if you're in that ark. If you're protected within the Teva, that is Jesus Christ that is living within you. That is the only way that you're going to be protected. It's the only way that you're going to make it. Today's that day. But see, we have to be that light that directs them into that path. We have to be the ones that takes them by their hands and that walks with them and that guides them. <laughs> this goes right back, and this goes right back to Jeremiah, that passage of Scripture that we've been talking about on Wednesday nights for the last three weeks, that he's going to make smooth their path. See, he wants us to come alongside of them and to help them. <laughs> he wants us to be Noah today. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, dear Lord, for today and for the words that you have given to us. God, I pray, dear Lord, that these words, God, that they would resonate within the hearts of the people. God, if they haven't received you as their Lord and Savior, God, that they would do it before the day is out. God, that they would do it right now, that they would trust in you as their Savior. And God, for the ones that have already done that and that are walking this walk with you and holding your hand, God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would give them the strength and the courage to be the Noah to the people that is around them so that they would lead them into the light, into your light, as we praise and as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.